Hey, Praise Chapel of Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is our launching message from our new series, Above All, with Pastor Omar Lopez. In this message, it's entitled, God is Above Time. Also, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount. And check out our website too, at PraiseChapelParamount.com. It's loaded with information and resources, constantly being updated. Check us out. Enjoy this message. Well, it's good to see all of you. In fact, why don't you look around, look around, look at somebody, look at somebody and tell them you're in the right place at the right time right now. Tell somebody you look good and look up here and say you look the best. No, I'm just kidding. God bless you guys. And it's good to see everybody as I look around here today. We're glad you're here in the house of God. And I know there's a number of places you can be uh, like asleep right now and having waffles and all that. But you chose to come to the house of God. Isn't that great? And so we, we appreciate you coming and making it a priority this morning. Uh, today we're in a new series called Above All. Say Above All. And so we're talking about the Lord being above all. And we talked last month, we talked about allegiance, our allegiance to God. And today we're going to talk about the Lord being above all. And we're going to be focusing on the fact that God needs above all, be above all in our time, right? With our talent, whatever talent you have, with your treasure, whatever we have, our resources, and giving God thanks, of course, Coming uh, uh, this month, the end of this month is Thanksgiving, and above all, we need to give God thanks. Hallelujah. Regardless of how the year had been, it hadn't been the year that we thought it was going to be. Everybody was talking about 2020 in January, and then 2020 became Judas, but the Lord is, there is a resurrection, can you say amen? And and I believe God's going to do some great things, but this morning, I want to talk about a Above all, and God being above all when it comes to our time. And I'm going to give you an illustration here, and hopefully you'll get what I'm trying to say. They say that your life expectancy, if your life expectancy was measured by a clock, in other words, by just a clock on the wall, if it was measured by that, if you're 22 years old right now, it's 820 in the morning. You have the rest of the day ahead of you. But if you're 32 years old, it's 11.20 in the morning. And if you're 42 years old, it's now 3.20 in the afternoon. That's all you got left. And, of course, it gets worse from there. If, well, hold on a second. Let me, let me, let me, I, I hit the wrong thing here on my iPad. And if you're 52 years old, it's 6.20 p.m., if you're six, now I'm just going to get getting more and more depressing, isn't it? <laughs> I was thinking like, my goodness, there's not a whole lot of time. They say the average American will live 25,550 days, which is about 70 years old. So the average American will live up to be 70 years old. Now, if you're lucky, if things are going your way and you're taking care of yourself, you'll live up to be 80 years old, uh, maybe 90. My mom is 86 years old, and uh, thank God for that. 
And, you know, God's taking care of her because a lot of times she doesn't take care of herself. It's just amazing uh, all the different things she'll do. I said, Mom, you know, you can't eat this. And she said, don't tell me what to do. I can't tell an 86-year-old person what to do, right? What do you do at this point? You just pray. And it's amazing that she's lived uh, to 86 years old. My grandfather lived to be 98 years old. Uh, my grandmother was 96 uh, my uncle was 97 years old, and so who knows? I don't know how long I'm going to live, but uh, there is some longevity in our genes, so maybe I'll live a long time and, and bury all you people. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding, folks. Come on. Can't take a joke. My goodness. Everybody's, everybody's offended nowadays, you know what I Instead of the USA, it's USO, United States of Offense. Everybody seems to be offended by everything. But today I am talking about time. And what matters is not the duration of your life, but what matters is the donation of your life. What matters in life is not how long you live, it's how you live. And I think that's really what matters, how you live your life and the time and the commitments that you uh, spent and you gave your life to uh, is really going to matter in the end because uh, we have to make the most of our time. And I'm going to show you in Scripture where God is showing us over and over that we need to make the most of our time because time is your most precious resource. There's something about time you can't you can't get any more time. You can't make more time. You can make more money, but you can't make more time. Time is your most precious resource and you should always look for ways to save time that's why you drive a car you're trying to save time this is why you order online you're trying to save time and really that's what they tell you, you said the money with the money you make you should try to save time because you can't uh you can't make any more time you can make more money but you cannot make any more time this is why it's very important how you utilize your time if you spend $15 at a theater and you've watched a, a two and a half hour movie how many have said man what a waste of time and man why did I even go spend that money and you either are going to spend it waste it or invest your time and so we have to really begin to think about the time that we have because all of us this morning have 24 hours a day. Nobody has any more time than the other. And the difference between effective people and ineffective people is, is how they use their time, how they manage their time. And God wants to use you. How many believe God wants to use your life? And so how you manage your time is how you manage your life. Really, how you manage your time tells us what you value, what you think is important. And most people this morning, they want to be used by God, but they never schedule any time for God. Most people say, I want God to use me. I want God to work in my life and all of these. But they're always saying, my time, I'm so swamped with so many things. And I've got so many things that I got to do and all of these different things. So I'm going to read you a scripture here out of the book of Psalms, chapter 90, verse number 12. It says, teach us to make the most of our time so that we may grow what in Wisdom. I'm going to say it again. Teach us to make the most of our time so that we may grow 
in wisdom. So, Father, right now, we thank you for the time that we have. We thank you for the time that you've given us, the precious gift of time. And, Lord, I pray today that we would put you above all when it comes to our time, that you'll be the most important person in our lives. Everything that you have for us is the most important thing in life. And so, God, open our ears, open our hearts today to receive the word of God. I pray for the anointing of your spirit as I declare your word today. And I pray that the people would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said, so if you want your life to count, you must learn how to manage your time. Time management must be taught. This is why the psalmist says, Lord, help us to use our time because we don't naturally know how to use our time. In fact, most of the time, we are wasting time. Am I right? You know, you call somebody, what are you doing? Just chilling. Just, you know, just doing nothing. Man, my goodness, utilize your time. Time management. Learn how to use your time because time management is life management. And people that are constantly wasting time are wasting their life. And so here's the thing about time. You've got to assume responsibility. I think a lot of people want to, uh, to not, they don't assume responsibility for their time. And the first step is stop complaining about your time and stop complaining that you don't have enough time. Stop stressing about and start choosing wisely how to use your time. Lots of us this morning, we fall in one of three categories. We're accusers, we're excusers, or we are choosers. Many of us this morning, we accuse other people for our lack of time. And nobody's putting a gun to your head. Are you hearing me? A lot of things that you do in life is because you choose to. But we, we, we always are accusing others or we're excusing ourselves. And, and you don't realize today that everything that happens in your life, you have to take responsibility. So who are accusers? People, people who are accusing are going around blaming everybody else for their unha- unhappiness, blaming everybody else why they can't get things done. Man, if I just had a different parent, if I did have a different wife, if I had a different uh, husband, if if I had a different boyfriend, if I had a different girlfriend, if I had a different president, you know, we're all accusers of everybody else for our time and things happening in our life. And we're, and nobody's put a gun to your head. Nobody's forcing you to do anything. The second thing is we're excusers. What happened is we, we blame or we don't blame everybody, but we make excuses for our misery. We have an excuse for it. They're not even good excuses. But we like to make them because we want to blame everybody else for our, the condition of our lives and the choices that we make. So we procrastinate and we excuse ourselves for not getting things done. And the real issue is this, accusers and excusers are losers. Are you hearing me? You're, you're a loser if you're always making, uh, accusing other people, if you're excusing yourself. Uh, God wants us to be a chooser. Say chooser. 
I choose there's somebody who accepts responsibility for their life and they choose to do things with their time. They choose to get close to God. You're as closest to God as you want to be. You're as mature in the things of God as you want to be. You're as happy as you want to be. You're as disciplined as you want to be. You're as busy as you want to be. You choose. You choose. You decide what you're going to do. It's your choice. God gave you the freedom of choice today. Stop complaining. Stop accusing. Stop excusing. Are you with me? Accept responsibility uh, and say, okay, I'm going to do this with my time. I choose uh, to make this decision with my time. See, many of your commitments that you make with your time, you chose to make those commitments. And you can't, you can't blame anybody. You can't excuse yourself. The commitment that you choose to make with your life define who you are. Did you hear me? The sum total of the commitments that you make with your time define who you are. Tell me, tell me who, what you're involved in. Tell me what you're committed to. And I can tell you exactly where your life is going to end up. Tell me this morning what, uh, it can, what the direction of your life is right now, where you're investing your time, where you're making your commitments this morning, and I can tell you who's Lord of your life and who's not Lord of your life. See, a lot of us this morning, we, we don't want to make any kind of commitment with our time because our time tells us what we're committed to. See, long-term commitment, lots of people don't want it because it takes a lot of time. How many know lots of people don't want to commit themselves to marriage because that's a lifetime commitment of your time? Oh, somebody say Amen. We don't want to make long-term commitments. We don't want to make long-term commitments to coming to church because that takes your time. And so we don't want to make a long-term commitment to any kind of person or thing because we don't want to be tied down. We want to keep our options open. And the tragic is this. The tragedy is this. You cannot live without making the commitment of your time because, friend, it shows us your values. It shows us what you think is really valuable in your life. So this morning, I want to talk about what is above all when it comes to your time. Because God is looking for people this morning that will put him above everything else. Let me read you a scripture here uh, out of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. And it says, a soldier wants to please the enlisting officer so no one serving in the army, what, waste time with everyday matters. So we, believe it or not, the Bible says that as Christians, we're like soldiers in the army of God. And Jesus is the commander in chief. And we're enlisted in his army. And the Bible says we're doing and we're following his orders. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it is required and steward, what? That a man be found faithful. And so God's looking for some faithful people that will commit their time and commit their life. Commitment requires your time. Can you say amen? You can't buy a house without making a long-term commitment, signing on that loan. Am I right? 
You're saying, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to uh, 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 sign this loan for this amount of time because I'm making a commitment that I'm going to fulfill it within this time. And what does it mean today to really be committed with your time? Because let me just say something. There's power in commitment today. A lot of us this morning, we need to make a real commitment to God with our time. We need to say, God, you're first. And I'm not just saying it with my mouth. I'm saying it with my life. Can you say amen? Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans, what, what, will succeed. So your commitment by your actions and your time, tell, the, tell us this morning if you're going to... See, let me just say this. Your time and your commitment shows us what you value. You could say, man, I value my family. I value my children. But if you're always at work, that's a lie. If you're always spending time working, then you don't really value your children and your wife like you say you do. If you say, man, I love my children, I love my wife, I love my family, but you never spend any time with them, then it's just a fat lie. If you say, man, you know what, I love you, honey, but I just don't have any time for you, it's a lie. It's a lie because your time will show your value, your commitment will tell us where you spend your time at. The Bible says this in John 14, 15, if you love me, what? You keep my commandments. So if we love God, then we're going to follow what God's telling us to follow. We're going to follow his commandments. We're going to do what God's called us to do. And so it's very important this morning, if we say we love God, but we never even have time for church or time for the word of God or time to be in the, his presence, then what we're saying in actuality is, you know what? I got time for everything else, but I ain't got time for God. It's really a selfish life, right? People that don't want to give any time to God, people that don't want to commit them their time to God, it's really just a selfish life. It's called selfishness, a selfishness. And basically, nothing's really important except me. Nothing's really important except what I want. Your time will define your life. Your commitment will define your life. Look at what it says. Guard your heart in Proverbs 4.23, above all else. For it determines the course of your life. I said it earlier, your life is the sum total of your commitment. It really tells us this morning what's important and where you're going to invest your time. If you really believe in just yourself, if you believe in just, well, you know what? I like to be popular. You're going to spend your time on social media. Right? You're going to spend your time building this image because what you commit your time to is what you like and what defines your life. If you think, well, you know, I'm, I'm into just having a good time, then you're going to spend your time just looking for the next party. Just the party life. If you're saying, well, you know what, uh, I, I, I like doing this or I like doing that's where you're going to find yourself. I, I can tell you this morning, I can sit down for 15 minutes and talk to someone. And if they tell me where they spend their time at, I can tell them the direction they're going in. I can tell you where they're going to end up. 
I can tell you exactly what's going to happen in their life by where they spend their time, where they have their commitment. And finally, I believe where you spend your time is where you're going to end up in your destiny. Can you say amen? See, I'm not living for this earth. I mean, I have to live here. But I'm living for eternity. Hallelujah. I'm investing my time for eternity. I'm developing my relationship and growing in my wisdom with God and my relationship with God because I've decided a long time ago that I'm living for eternity. I'm not living for this garbage can of this world. Can you say amen? I mean, it's awesome, but it's a garbage can compared to heaven. And really, when you think about eternity... Eternity is trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of years compared to 70 or 80 years. Think of the short time that you have on this earth. And if this is all you're living for, man, you ain't got much to look forward to. I'm thinking about eternity. I'm thinking about, man, the rest of my life is going to be spent in eternity. And so I I need to make a decision today what I'm doing with my time. Mark chapter 8, verse 37, for what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So the most important question today is every day you're exchanging your life for something. You're exchanging your time for something every day. And so you have to decide this morning. Uh, it, it, you know, you're exchanging your, your time for that television show, for that time on social media. You ever talk to people that go, I'm just trying to, I'm just killing time. Man, that, that's like spiritual suicide right there, man. Uh, you know, you're killing, you're, it, it, like you're ki- I can't believe I, I'm just trying to kill time. Your time is the most important thing that you have. How, how in the world can you kill time? Time is important. It's important how I spend my time. And how, how many have ever had people try to waste your time? And there's times people are trying to get in a conversation. They go, man, I'm sorry. God bless you. But I just cannot waste my time debating with you on social media. I can't, my time is more important than that. I can't waste my time debating about this and debating about that. I, I can't, I, man, I got better things to do with my time. I'm not going to do it. Pastor, why don't we make this? Why don't we do this? Why don't you say this? I don't want to waste my time. I'm I'm investing my time. I'm not trying to waste time because I know that, you know what? Every choice that I make has a consequence. What you do with your time, man, has a consequence. You're going to, there's a price tag to pay. There's a price to pay when it comes to spending our time. There's a price to pay when it comes to say, I'm going to serve God and I'm going to give God my time. There's a price to pay. And so here's the question. Are you willing to pay the price? Look at what it is. Look at what it means to follow Jesus. I'm going to give, I'm going to hit you really hard right here. Luke 14, 26. These are scriptures that some of you have deleted in your Bible somehow, but they're still there. If you want to be my follower, what? You must love me more than your father and mother. Did I, read, did I just read that right? Yes, I did. If you want to be my follower, you must love me more than your father, mother, wife, and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, more than your own life. I don't know. I don't know. If, do I need interpretation? What did, what did, what did it just say? If you're going to follow Jesus... You got to love him more than your husband. 
More than your children. More than your grandchildren. Thank God I've got my grandchildren here this week. Man, I'm happy. I'm excited. I love them. They surprised me, actually. It surprised my wife and I. They showed up on Thursday, totally unexpected. And we said, oh, my goodness, man. So I'm happy today. But, but look at what the Bible says. If you want to be his follower, you have to love him more than your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brother, your sister, your tia, your uh, tios, your nephews, your mijos, your everybody, more than everybody. That includes everybody, your whole generation, everybody there. I want you to get that right. Yes, more than your own life. Otherwise, what? You cannot be my disciple. So Jesus is saying, I expect to be number one in your life. Above all, I expect to be above all than anything else that you think is important in your life, more than your kids, more than your children. I, I mean, have you ever met someone that demands so much? Think about that. Your own wife doesn't demand that. Your own uh, children don't demand that. Yet Jesus is making a demand on us this morning that, that is way more than anyone. Why? Because Jesus has the right to make that demand because he created you. He died for you. He gave his life for you. And so he expects your life in return. These are the kind of preacher you're not going to hear. Because most people, we just want to say, well, you know, just, you know, God just, you know, Jesus is just like a slice in your life. It's like, we think, we think that life is like a pie and Jesus is the slice. And so I have my Jesus slice. I have my career slice. I have my sex slice. Uh, I have my money slice. And so Jesus is just a slice of my life. He's not. And let me just tell you, Jesus doesn't want to be a slice in your life. He said, forget it, man. If I'm just a slice, I don't even want to be a slice in your life. Jesus wants to be all of your life. Did you hear me? Let me say it this way. If Jesus Christ is not Lord of all your life, he's not Lord at all in your life. Don't tell me that Jesus is Lord of your life when in reality he's only a slice of your life. We treat Jesus like an accessory, like, well, man, what shoes am I going to wear? I'm going to put my Jesus shoes on today. I'm going to put my Jesus chain on. Man, you know, got my Jesus accessory right now, my Jesus wallet. He's like a little slice in your life. He's like that little accessory that, you know, uh, what am I, uh, he's like that watch you're going to put on today. What watch am I going to, what Jesus watch am I going to put on today? And Jesus said, forget it. I, I don't want to be an accessory I don't want to be a little slice in your life. I want to be all of your life. I want to be Lord of your life. See, let me just say this today. I want to just make it very clear. We believe that you make Jesus Savior of your life. He saves you. But when he saves you, he becomes Lord. And so a lot of people, they just want Jesus as the Savior. But they don't want Jesus to be Lord of your life. Man, I just don't want to go to hell, so Jesus saved me. No, no, no. He needs to be Lord of your life or he's not Lord at all in your life. I, I'm going to preach the truth here this morning. I'm not going to preach something that makes you feel good. I'm not going to lie to you. you you're, either, you're, you're either all in or you're not. And so that's what God demands. I, I read this quote. You know what? It said this. If Christianity is untrue, if it's not true, then it's unimportant. Then it's a myth. In other words, we might as well all go home. 
We might as well all go home, go get drunk, do whatever you want to do, because Christianity is not. But if Christianity is true, then it's the ultimate importance. I said the ultimate importance, above all. And so we have to decide this morning, is he the ultimate important? That means he's more important than your job. He's more important than your family, more important than your career, more important than all your goals, that Jesus is the most important person in your entire life. Are you hearing me? Jesus needs to be Lord of your life. That's what it talks about. See, a lot of us this morning, we think, well, you know, God, you know, he's a, he's a little bit in my life. It's like saying I'm a little pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. <laughs> I'm a little dead. You're either dead or alive. You can't be a little dead. Okay? You, I'm just a little bit dead. No, no, you're either dead or alive. He's, he, Jesus is either Lord of your life or he's not Lord at all in your life. And so Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, Seek me first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So are we seeking God first? Is he above all first? Because that's really what Christianity is. I'm, I'm not going to paint this, this false picture to you because it's not true. Jesus wants to be Lord of your life. This is why when we talk about Jesus, it's so controversial because Jesus demands everything. But he has the right to because he created you. Am I right? Because he saved your soul. He died for you. Who else do you know that will do that? And so when we talk about Christ, he wants to be Lord of all your life. So here's the thing I believe this morning. If we're going to put God above everything else with our time we need to give god the first thoughts of every day our first thought should be god in psalms 5 3 each morning i will look to you in heaven and lay my request to you so the first thing when you get up in the morning is god needs to be on your mind you gotta thank god you're alive every morning when i get up i say thank god lord thank you for this morning Thank you that I'm alive today. I get to experience more time on this earth that, uh, well, I was going to say wake up dead, but you can't wake up dead, right? You're, thank God I, I'm not dead this morning, but I'm alive, and I get to spend another day alive and another day to serve and worship you. And so some of you may spend some time in your devotion, uh, reading a scripture, some time praying. But, friend, you need to, you know, the first thing you need to do in the morning when you get up, man, uh, is you need to be thanking God. You need to give God some praise. You need to thank God for your children. Thank God for your life. Thank God for what he's doing. Thank God that you're breathing. Thank God you didn't wake up in a hospital, right? Thank God you're not in hell. Hallelujah. All of those things. Second thing it says is give him the first day of every week. This is why we come to church. Let's look, at, look at what it says. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. On the first day of the week, the disciples came together. So if we're going to put God above all and with our time, this is why we come to church and we worship on Sunday. The first day of the week is we're saying, God, the very first day of the week, we're dedicating to you. It's not coincidence, church, that we meet on Sunday. It's not coincidence this morning that we gather, we want to gather that first day. The first day of the week, God, is your, is your day. We come to worship you. Sunday is the Lord's day, am I right? John, John in the book of Revelation says, I was in the spirit, what? On the Lord's day. 
and Christians begin to acknowledge Sunday as the Lord's Day, as the Resurrection Day on Sunday, and it was the first day of the week, so it's not coincidence that they came together on the first day to worship, to praise God, to give God glory, and so this was the first day of the week, uh, the first gathering. This is why we believe coming together on Sunday. In fact, when this nation was started, everybody went to church. Did you know that? And the original with the founding fathers, man, you couldn't even have a business if you didn't go to church on Sunday. In fact, everything was closed on Sunday because people were expected to be in church on Sunday morning. I wish we can go back to that, huh? The third thing is we honor God with our resources. And so the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. And so we're going to be talking about that sometime later, but our treasure, but we're giving God above all with our treasure. In other words, with what he blessed us with, we're saying, God, everything we have belongs to you and the resources that you've given us is because of you and we want to bless you in return with those resources. We're saying, God, honor the Lord what by giving him the first part of your income. The first part of it what goes to God. Our tithe, our offerings, we're saying, God, we want to bless you. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't even have the money. Can you say amen? Uh, Proverbs 14, 23 said, the purpose of tithing what? Is to teach us to put God first in every area of our life. Uh, another scripture, 1 Corinthians 16, 2, on the first day of every week, you should each put aside a portion of money you have earned. In other words, uh, everything that you, uh, whatever you've earned, make sure you're putting God first. Uh, and then we should put God first uh, above all in every decision that we make. I said decisions that we make. We're, we're always making decisions. You're making financial decisions. You're making uh, family decisions. You're making uh, 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 business decisions. Have you ever talked to God about those decisions? Do you talk to, do you consult God first? I'm going to read you a scripture out of Proverbs 3, 5. It says, in everything that you do, put God first, what? And he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. So you want God's blessing. You want God's favor. You want God's grace. You need to be praying and asking God for his direction. You need to put God first, and he'll bless you with success. He'll bless you uh, with the rest. But you need to be praying about, hey, should I get this job? Should I get this? Should I do this? Should I make this investment? Uh, because I want to make sure, God, I'm going to put you above all with my time and with my life. Can you say amen? So here's a couple of things that will hinder, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just close it here in just a few moments. But there's a few things that will, will become stumbling blocks with our time and our commitments to God, that if we're not careful this morning, we can allow and they can become a hazard in our life. Now, here's the reality. As a pastor, I want people to put God first above all. But I know the reality is this. There's a lot of people that say it, but they, they're not going to make it to the finish line because Jesus is just a slice in their life. Can I be honest with you? There'll be some of you, five years from now, you won't be here. i just be honest. I'm not trying to prophesy. I'm just trying to tell you the reality is I know people. 
And I know at the hearts of people, they get discouraged. They start making wrong priorities. And so five years from now, some of you won't be here. Some of you won't even be serving God. I've met them. I've talked to many of them. I've seen them. I've been pastoring here 31 years. And I can tell you, every time I say that, there are people that fall, fall by the wayside. And so what happens is people get distracted is one of the reasons why God is not above all with their time. Let me read you a scripture here. Jesus is talking about the seeds that are being sown. He said, the attractions of this world, the delights of wealth, the search for success, and the lure of nice things come in and what? Crowd out God. So if you remember that the scripture where Jesus is saying the word of God is being sown, some, some fall by the wayside, some fall on thorny ground, some fall on stony ground. And basically what he's saying is this represents people, the hearts of people. Now, when you read the scripture, there is nothing wrong with wealth. There is nothing wrong with success. There is nothing wrong with nice things. My right. There's nothing wrong with these things. When you look at these things, there is nothing wrong with having nice things. There's nothing wrong. But what happens is when we put the priority in the wrong place and those things become above God. So now you're putting wealth above God. Now you're putting success above God. Now you're putting these nice things. The Bible says they are, so they are drawn away or leered away and what? They crowd out God. So what happens is we allow these things to crowd out the presence of God and what God is doing in your life. There's nothing wrong with all these things. And I, I want people to be blessed. I want people to succeed. I want people to be wealthy. I want people to this morning have nice things. But I don't want to see these things become a distraction. Are you hearing me? Become the distraction, distract us from our time with God. And now all of a sudden, these things become a priority. And before you know it, everything is flipped upside down. And Jesus is not Lord of their life anymore. But all these other priorities become Lord of their life. And they get distracted from the things of God. I've seen it happen. Sometimes I'll pray for people and they go, Pastor, I want, I want God to bless me with a job. Okay, when God bless you with a job, you're not going to leave church though, right? When God finally puts money in your, in your pocket, you're not going to go out and do your thing right. You're going to put God first. All right, so I'm not going to pray for you. Other people, no, I'm not praying for you. You're not going to put God first. I'm not going to pray for you. What do you mean? No, I'm not praying for you. Because I know those things can become a distraction. I know those things can lure you away from God. Now, here's the thing. I prayed for people, and I've seen people come in here with nothing. They had nothing. They couldn't do anything on their own. All of a sudden, God gives them a sound mind, cleans up their life, gives them, cleans them up, does something new. Thank God. God begins to give them favor. They begin to get promotion at work. I've seen it, but I've seen some all of a sudden get distracted. And next thing you know, they're not coming to church anymore. Next thing, man, they're buying things. Next thing, they don't need God. They don't need nobody. You know, they, they got everything they need now, and they've left and been distracted from the things of God. Second thing that will distract us is we become complacent. What does complacent mean? We become self-satisfied. 
In other words, I don't need anything else. I'm okay. I'm all right. And, and, and we're not no longer striving for the things of God. We're not contending for his presence. Uh, we're not contending for the power of God anymore. We become complacent. And, and we're living on commitments that we made in 2009. And we're not making any fresh commitments to God. See, you can't live on past commitments. Where's your commitment today? What, where is your time today in the things of God? Romans 14, 12 says, don't be lazy in showing your devotion. Don't be lazy. Man, get, make, if you're starting getting complacent, man, you need to repent. You need to get thankful. You forgot. You, you, man, that's what I tell people. When you lost your passion for God, you become ungrateful. There is no, I, I don't care what you say. You're ungrateful. You've lost your thankfulness to God. One of the things that's helped me is I'm just grateful. Every day, I'm grateful. God, I'm alive. You saved me. Thank you. I am so grateful. I don't deserve any of these things. God, it's because of you. So I'm reminded. But if you've lost your passion, then all of a sudden it's about you. You forgot who blessed you. You forgot who saved you. You forgot who changed your life. You forgot that God's been working in your life. You're not that good. You're not that good. You need the grace of God. You need to be thankful again. Amen. Take some time to repent and talk to God. And so here's what I'm going to say. Here's the payoff. I love the payoff when we commit our lives to the Lord. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6. There is a short-term payoff and there's a long-term payoff. Look at what it says. Do not worry what we shall eat or drink or wear. Your heavenly Father knows you need these things. So he already knows them. Don't get worried. Don't get all worked up. Your heavenly Father knows these things, but seek first, I read it earlier, God's kingdom and his righteousness, what? And all these things will be given to you as well. So one of the first benefits that you get, short-term benefits of thanking God, of putting God first with your time, is you can assume already that God's going to take care of your needs. So stop worrying about everything. Man, have you ever been just worried? Think about what were you worried about 10 years ago? You don't even know. Right? God took care of you. So if God took care of you 10 years ago, 5 years ago, last week, yesterday, what are you worried about today? God, that's the benefit right now that you have with God. So when you put God first, he's saying to you that you don't have to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, all these things. God's going to meet the need. God's going to provide for you. Uh, trust God. God's going to open up a door. I tell people, let's believe God. Uh, Pastor, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do anything, but I know what he's going to do. And I know supernaturally God will move. So let's believe God. Before you get all worked up and all worried and all mad and all upset and get ulcers and everything else and, and break out in acne, just thank God this morning. Amen. You don't have to worry about it. Am I right? He's going to meet your need. Now, here's the long-term benefit. The long-term benefit is we're going to be in eternity with Jesus. When I put him above all, 
I'm looking forward to what this says in Matthew 25. The master will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in the few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's joy. That's what I'm talking about. Above all, we get to be in heaven in the presence of God. I said we get to be in heaven in the presence of God. We get to share in the joy of the Lord. This is what I'm talking about this morning. Short term, I don't have to worry. Long term, I'm in eternity with Jesus. Uh, either way, we win. Amen. We're, we're winners. We're not losers uh, because we trusted in God. And so this morning, when you put Jesus above all, I'm telling you it's worth it. I'm telling you this morning, you can walk in confidence. You may not have everything you need this morning, but I'm here to tell you that he'll meet every need in your life. You may not have everything you want, but at least you have everything you need, right? And I, I know where I'm going this morning. I, I, I'm confident today. Everything has not turned out the way I wanted to turn out, but man, I know in eternity... This morning, amen, I'm going to have a new body. I'm going to have a new mind this morning. I'm going to walk in the grace, and I'm going to walk in the power, and his glory is going to shine every day. There is no more crying. There is no more tears. There is no more pain. There is no more death. I'm in the presence of the Lord this morning. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Father, we thank you that we can put you above all. Lord, with our time, you are above all. And God, today I pray that, Lord, as many of us have made this commitment to you, that, God, we've committed our hearts, we've committed our time, that, God, it's well worth it. And, Lord, even when the world mocks us, even when the world doesn't understand, even when the world says, oh, no, that's not worth it, Lord, they have no idea of your grace they have no idea of your love and your compassion and the favor that we have in serving you god and so father today help us to invest our time in putting you first in every area of our lives this morning we thank you god today and as we have our head bowed our eyes closed even those that are looking online this morning i i don't want to move on without giving you an opportunity today giving you the time and taking the time right now to give your life to Jesus. If you've not taken that time right now is the moment that you can give your life to the Lord. And so whoever you are in this building or even those that are listening right now or watching online, I want to I just take the time right here to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord of your life. Receive him today. Ask him to come in your life to forgive you of your sins. Ask him this morning to be Lord of your life because the Bible says all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We need God's forgiveness this morning. So whoever you are right now, I want you to raise your hand. Say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. If that's you, just raise your hand. Say, I need the Lord in my life. Is there anyone here right now? You say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I need Jesus in my life. I need to make him Lord of my life this morning. Is there anyone right now? I don't want you to leave here without the Lord in your life right now. Anyone at all, just raise your hand. Maybe you were once walking with God and today you're away from God. You're not serving the Lord. You, 
You, you, you, you basically are walking in the wrong direction and you need to come back to the Lord. God's been waiting on you today. You need to come back to the Lord today. You need to rededicate your life to him. Who are you right now? You'd raise your hand. Is there anyone at all? Anyone at all right now? We don't want you to leave here without Christ in your life. We don't want you to leave, leave here without Jesus being Lord of your life this morning. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we all stand together right now? Jesus is above all this morning. You know, amen, he is. He is. We're going to sing this song right now, whatever the song they have on their heart this morning. But maybe some of us just need to kind of renew our commitment to God. Maybe we need to renew our commitment and giving our time to God and say, God, you know what? I've been getting a little lazy. I've been allowing this 2020 spirit to affect me. I've been allowing some things to interfere. There's some things that kind of been distracting me. And God, I need to put you above all, everything with my time. God, when it comes to eternity, you are above all. Let's sing it this morning right now. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.